Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. TCL, America's fastest growing TV brand. <laughs> It's Purple Daily. First and 15 after the penalty. Stallions elect to keep it on the ground. Bumble. And there's the ball on the ground. Looks like it's recovered. The fleet going the other direction. That's Jordan Martin diving into the end zone. A scoop and score for San Diego. Myron Metcalf here. Uh, Purple Daily. Score North. ScoreNorth.com, the one and only Manny Fresh, Manny Hill. How you doing, man? Good. This is the first time we've like <laughs> actually seen each other in person in like a month. It it's feels been, like. I man, think it's been a, like a month. It's been a while. I've been on the road with basketball. I mean, you've been busy. It, it, it's it's good to be back. Um, although at the coffee shop this morning, you know, you tell the person your name. Um, I thought I was clear, <laughs> and the young lady yelled out, "Vanilla white mocha for." Moron, moron. You're kidding. That happened. That happened to me this morning. You're kidding me, Myron. And it wasn't like a malicious thing. It was just. I think she figured like maybe this is the dude's name. Moron. Like maybe she thought it was like a Frencher because she kind of said moron, moron. I don't, you know. Why would anybody's first name be I don't know. It's just how I started my Friday, Manny. But it's a good weekend. I'm not going to let it get me down. A lot of great sports action happening. Uh, and if you're a Vikings fan, which I assume if you're listening to this program, you are, you should be excited. You shouldn't be excited. You should be grateful about the existence of the former existence of the Alliance of American football. Did you support the AAF, Manny? Were you uh, loyal to them? <laughs> I supported it for week one. So you're the reason. <laughs> so you're the reason. You're the reason they no longer are on the air. It's yeah, your fault. Well, it's funny because when it started, I thought, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna get in, I'm gonna give this league a shot and I'm gonna watch it and I'm gonna watch it every week and I'm gonna yeah. check it out. And I will tell you this, it, I wasn't even I, I couldn't I wouldn't even tell you that I was turned off by the football. I didn't think it was great football in no, terms of the quality. But I wasn't I wasn't turned off from that. I think I just after week one, I just kind of forgot about it. That's the problem. I just didn't really, you know, I I would 
And part of it too was that it was it would be kind of difficult to find some of the games sometimes. I mean, sometimes the games would be on like TNT, yeah. then CBS would have some. Then one, one of them was Sports on Univision or something. I was like, is this is on the Spanish <laughs> channel, and one was on like those channels that I don't even get. You know, it, it's so just it, it was, was hard, a lot. It was hard to keep up with like what time games were on and when they were on and what channel you know what channel they were on and, and stuff like that. So really, beyond the first week where I watched it fairly heavily and then kind of in and out as the following weeks went about, I didn't really watch it much. It's your fault then. It is my fault. It's your fault that (laughs) the beautiful supporters of the Birmingham Birmingham Iron and all the sacrifices that they made to attend those games (laughs) can no longer go to football games on Saturday and Sunday in the offseason. But uh, here's a good thing that happened with the AAF. First off, I knew they were in trouble when they had to borrow $250 million. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you got to borrow $25, you might be in trouble. If you got to borrow $250 million and you're a part of that company, you probably should figure out some new plans. Yeah. But I'm encouraged by the idea that dozens of these guys have been signed by NFL teams. I love, Manny, how the NFL was like, uh, we ain't going to co-sign this thing, but when you all go under, we're going to pick through the $5 DVD pile at Walmart and we're going to see what we can get. And a number of players have been signed. Uh, the Vikings signed a, a guy named Jordan Martin, uh, safety. Mm-hmm. And they signed. The highlight that we played there. He was. And they signed a linebacker who I don't make a lot of requests in life. Right? I don't try to use my position uh, to try to influence things. Right? We're supposed to be objective in this business. Mm-hmm. But Vikings, please keep Greer Martini if, for nothing more than the name. The if you want to. I tell you what. You keep Greer Martini, and that'll be the number three or four best-selling jersey for the Minnesota Vikings. Give that young man a chance. But in all seriousness, I think this is the fourth or fifth guy they've signed from the AAF. And I'm rooting for all of them, Manny, because I think football is a sport where you've got your superstars. You're, You're Patrick Mahomes, who... I was at the Final Four, and he had to be escorted out. He walked out before the game was over. That was He didn't look happy. Um, mm. He's going to take it out on the NFL next year. Thanks a lot, Virginia. <laughs> but for me, I'm encouraged by the idea of with so few superstars, and I'm talking about can't-miss talent because there's not a lot of can't-miss talent in the NFL. I love the idea of players on the fringe – Players trying to knock on the door, trying to get into the mix. I'm encouraged by the idea that those guys might not only have opportunities in your training camps, your mini camps, all the other things that the NFL does, but have an actual chance to play live football against reasonable competition. That's why these guys are ending up on NFL rosters right now. Now, granted, a bunch of them won't make it. Most of them probably won't make the final rosters. Fine. But it'd be cool to see a couple. It's cool to see a couple of them. Mm-hmm. And I still feel like Manny... The AAF didn't work. You got the XFL coming in, and I don't know. I heard that they want to do a rule where you get three forward passes per play. They're just coming up with stuff. <laughs> you know, they're, they're talking to 12-year-old kids in the backyard and saying, how would you set up a football league? I don't know if that's going to work. Mm-hmm. But I do think, Manny, there's, a, there's room for minor league football. Like, I think there's room for some cats to play from the months of February through, I don't know, June, May. And just give guys like your Greer Martinis, like your Jordan Martins, a chance to prove that, hey, look, I'm not a guaranteed talent. I'm not a superstar, but I'm a guy that can get into your camp, 
develop, work hard, and maybe there's a chance for me. I feel like the NFL needs to pay attention to what's happening now and perhaps find a way to either create or endorse another league like the AAF because I think there's value there. But that, and I mean, that that is the caveat in this whole thing, though, right? Like, yeah. if you're another league and you want to start up, you're, you're basically, your success is at the mercy of the NFL. That's right? the problem. Right? Like, cause, because the NFL is king right now. And if you're trying to put together a separate league that's going to try and compete with the NFL or try and provide, like, an alternative to the NFL, you're going to yeah. lose. 100 out of 100 times. And that's the problem. That battle. And that's what happened with the AAF. But the thing is, man, they got no problem with the talent. Right. I mean, I mean, the NFL teams have no problem going, yeah, that guy was pretty good. So what it shows me, Manny, is they were watching. Mm-hmm. It shows me that NFL teams were watching these games. A bunch of us weren't. And it worked out perfectly for the NFL because they didn't, have to, inv- they didn't have to invest any money in the AAF. Perfect. And they, they let the AF fall flat in its face and said, "Oh yeah, well, exactly. yeah, you had a handful of guys that stepped up and yeah. played pretty well, and we'll, we'll take those guys now. Thanks." Yeah, it's like it's like showing up to the mom and pop shop, and, and you buy their homemade jelly or something like that. We don't want everything that comes with you, but mm-hmm. that jelly, we'll, we'll take some of that and make it our own. Um, but I feel like the NFL has to take a look at this and go, "It didn't work." But imagine if we got involved. Imagine if we had something. You don't even have to create another league. If you were to expand rosters and to just create a mini schedule of eight games where the Vikings JV team, I mean, you wouldn't call them JV, but you call them something. Like a G League team. A G like, League, like yeah, what yeah. the G League is in the They're going to play mm-hmm. February, March, April, May and, and set up some rule where you can take however many guys from this roster. I mean, make it a developmental system where – Maybe these guys are playing for a shot on the practice squad. Mm-hmm. Maybe these guys are playing for you know a two-year developmental deal. Something, because football outside of the superstars, the gap isn't as crazy as it seems. I mean, you look at Le'Veon Bell in Pittsburgh. James Conner comes in. Was there a difference? Sure. He ain't Le'Veon. Mm-hmm. But he it was wasn't productive. crazy. He was productive. He was a Pro Bowl alternate. I think he played in the game due to injuries. He was very productive. Mm-hmm. There's room for dudes like that. There's room for guys who didn't maybe have the accolades or didn't play at the big schools, especially at some of the positions where you don't have to be the best athlete on the field. Um, And a a team like the Minnesota Vikings where you get an Adam Thielen, you understand that more than anybody. Let's find a way to endorse this talent. uh, and, And let's find a way to create a system for these guys. Here's my question, though. Is the NFL, and I'm not sure that they'll want to do this. Yeah. But is the NFL going to be willing to, because if they create this sort of system, like a minor league, like what you're talking about, they're going to have to pump money and resources into it. And the the NFL is totally of the mindset of, we are only going to spend money to make money. Yeah. And so is the NFL going to look at putting together a minor league system? The only way they're going to want to do that is if they think that they can make some money off of it as well yeah if they don't think they can make any money off of it then they're not going to do it because that's just how the nfl operates yeah full full disclosure obviously i work for espn i'll tell you what if the nfl teams were to go to an espn or a cbs or an nbc or anyone else and they were to say 
you, you know how your ratings change when the NFL goes off TV every winter? You, you know how things change dramatically for you all uh, as media companies because the NFL is so big and it's so critical to what you do? Uh, we're going to give you a little treat. We're going to give you eight off-season games with players from our roster that we hope to maybe develop into players uh, uh, for next season. Would you all air that? Would you CBS, would you NBC, ESPN, would you guys put eight NFL games in the offseason on TV? I believe that people would crawl to Roger Goodell's office to fight for that opportunity, Manny. I, I, I really uh, believe we do. I believe we have my guy, Mike Rothstein, on the phone. Mike Rothstein, uh, my homeboy, friend, covered the Detroit Lions for ESPN. But I know we joke with you, Mike, on uh, on Sundays with my show with uh, uh, Matt Schick about the AAF. But we're having a real conversation about the AAF because players are getting signed. The Minnesota Vikings just signed a couple players, Jordan Martin, Greer Martini, which greatest name maybe in sports. And I'm just curious, from from what you noticed as you covered uh, that league as long as it lasted, is there room, Mike, for an NFL minor league if Roger Goodell and the owners are willing to put their muscle behind it? Well, before we get into that, you're forgetting the amazingness of majestic and scientific map. Yes, yes, you are right. I shouldn't have said that. You're right, you're right. But let's look. Greer Martini is a great name, but I mean, nothing really beats um, Majestic. You buy the jersey, though. Really? You buy the Martini. The Martini on the back of the jersey, number three or four best selling jersey with the Minnesota Vikings. It would be. Oh, that that is true, actually. I would would give that a very, very (laughs) loud endorsement. But back to your original question. (laughs) Um, I would say that, yeah, I think that what you saw and, and what you've kind of seen a lot of times in most of the leagues, if you go back to the World League, you go back to NFL Europe, you go back even to the USFL, really everything but the original XFL, which did just such a poor job protecting their quarterbacks, then that was just a nightmare. That the football works. And I think if you look at what the AAF did, the football was actually pretty decent was it good football no was it watching i don't know like fourth preseason game or a latter part of a first or second preseason game yeah i think it was analogous to that we always joke you know about preseason games but at the same time if that's the only football that's there and you know that everybody on that field is fighting for jobs and it's this top line guy so they're getting more you know, actual game planning and things like that, which I think would make the football better as the years go on, then I think it's absolutely something that can happen. I agree with you that some sort of NFLPA or Roger Goodell NFL involvement or blessing or something of that nature would probably have to occur in order for one to really succeed because if you can get some NFL money in there, some NFL backing, some and maybe this comes with the next CBA if they can knock something together, which is, hey, a practice squad player, instead of signing a futures deal, can sign uh, a insert league name here deal yeah. where they go play in a developmental league, and then the team can, you know, then the team has their rights and 
you'd have to, I mean, there's so many factors on that because then you'd have to really kind of give them maybe even more of an injury insurance because I don't know if, it, if every player would want to do that, but I'm sure for quarterbacks, the, we, the NFL and offensive linemen, the NFL should welcome that and want that because as we see in the NFL, the two biggest problem positions over and over and over again are quarterback play and offensive line play. And you saw that in the AAF as well, but it was improving for the most part. I mean, even you look at a place place like Memphis after they go through Christian Hackenberg, which didn't go well, Zach Mettenberger gets injured, Johnny Manziel, they throw in there when he doesn't really know much of the playbook because he's coming in like week, what was it? Five, six, and Brandon Silvers, who kind of sat back and learned the playbook, he played okay, and guess what? He's getting a shot to be at least on a 90-man roster here, and that's uh, that's all that those players really wanted, almost to a guy, yeah. was to get a chance to get try and get back to the NFL, and that was, for players, the, the largest purse reason yeah. to join this league, and for some, there was more of a closure because they didn't like how things went or their careers ended at 26, 27. And they came back and like, you know what? I want one more, one more, two more years. I realized the NFL might not do it, but Hey, I'll take $80,000 to play for four months and be able to walk away on my own terms. Yeah. The, we, we would call the league because it's my idea. Myron's minor league sponsored by the NFL. I would only require 18%. I think that's a great name. I for, understand uh, that. I mean, do you remember like the Sandlot baseball video game where you could like name your yes. own, like, Yes. Yeah. I feel like you've just created that. I just, that. I just um, created not that. Lie, it's a little shady. It is a little shady, <laughs> and I, I don't know if it'll work. But I will say, you bring up a great point about the CBA. The NFL might be on board with this. Would the union back this? I mean, would the union back some of its players playing an additional four to eight games in the offseason if they knew the potential reward was uh, a long-term deal or, or some more job security? I think it all depends on how that next CBA is negotiated. I think as it stands now, I have a tough time seeing that because if you're the NFLPA, why would you give up any sort of bargaining or negotiating ship that maybe you have, especially if the NFL wants to do this, a year before you need to start negotiating for that next contract or two years before? Like, Why would you do that? It's from a business fiscal standpoint, it just makes no sense. And you're giving away a bargaining chip for no reason. So from a PA standpoint, I would, I would not endorse anything like that until, uh, until you're in a negotiating stage and then see what you can get for it. Because here's the, the other thing too. And obviously Tom Dungeon, when he came out and said, you know, I got to tie with the PA it has to be a developmental league. Otherwise, I'm going to fold this thing. A lot of people, myself included, people that I've spoken to around the league, most of them thought it was a negotiating ploy, a negotiating tactic, because anyone who's been around the NFL for any period of time knows that that's not going to come together in four weeks, three weeks. That's stuff that takes years. And he was trying to hammer it home in really what was essentially a fortnight. He was trying to ha- – he's Myron, you're a bas- college basketball guy. He was trying to hammer at home between the selection Sunday and the Final Four. I mean, that's really <laughs> what was happening in, in the complicated, nuanced negotiation that there was no way that that was going to happen. I mean, you look at you look at deals 
that are always done, how often does it take a deal of, because it would have been a sizable deal that would have had to happen, how, long, how often does that take a week to yeah. really get done unless both parties were absolutely in on it? And I never got the sense that both parties were absolutely in on that. Like, come on, that's just, that. That to me was just really short-sighted, and honestly, maybe very emblematic of how so much was done with this league. So, Mike, what are, what are the odds that the players that have been picked up from these AAF teams um, by NFL teams? What are the odds that any of them have? Um, some legit success in the NFL where they, you know, they make rosters at, you know, as having a role on like special teams or, you know, maybe even a bigger role. You know, what are the odds that, that a significant amount of these players have some success in the NFL now? I think it's way too early to predict that. And that's not me giving a cop out answer, but until you get through the draft and until you get through rookie minicamp, it's almost impossible to say because, they could sign a team could sign three. I think with Carolina is, and I might be wrong here, but if Carolina signed three offensive linemen or, or something like that uh, from the AAF, well, okay, it's clear they need an offensive lineman. Well, all, all of a sudden you draft an offensive lineman in the second round and one in the fifth round. That maybe changes what you were looking at, and maybe yeah. one of those AAF guys that signed that looked like you could make the roster is now 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 maybe not going to make the roster. So. I think you can't really say that until after the draft is is over. And even if you look at, say, Garrett Gilbert in Cleveland, or where some of the quarterbacks have gone, and Garrett Gilbert, to me, should have a good shot at making a roster, making Cleveland's roster. I, do I think that happens? I don't know. we got to see how everything shakes out. But I would, imagine, I would be surprised if there weren't some AAF alumni on 53-man rosters this fall. I, I think that there were too many of them and some players that really showed some strong capabilities that they'll be there, or on the worst case, with guys with practice squad eligibility, could end up on practice squads and kind of go from there. And I think you could see more AAF players signed here as it goes as well, because it's going to depend on maybe what guy, type of guy gets hurt in yeah. a training camp or in uh, a mini camp or something like that. If it's a guy that you were maybe counting on that was a bit more of a veteran and you've got a guy out there like, all right, I've got you know six games of tape or, or seven games of eight, eight games of tape of this guy and you, you know what he can do, you saw what he could do against X competition, all right, maybe I'll sign that guy versus the 22-year-old that is just going to be a camp body. Yeah. So to me, I think that, that that's where that next wave of maybe AAF signings could come in. To me, what this says is that there were clearly two things happening. One, teams were watching the AAF enough and picked out players they wanted and started reaching out back channels because a lot of these things happened in, you know, within 24 or 48 hours. Yeah, they're clearly watching. So, yeah, they were clearly watching and probably in some cases at least having conversations with, with agents of saying, hey, when the season's over, don't throw your guy out in the open market. Come here. Yeah. So, and the second thing was that really from a, football, from a football perspective, and the football was not why this league faltered. Let's make that abundantly clear. The football, I think, had very little to do with the on-field product, had very little to do with why this league didn't even make it through season one. That all came through business and finance and poor decisions there but it showed that the football was actually pretty decent. So to me, when you look at this league, I think that that was the quote-unquote win. 
Mike, as always, you're the man. I think you're at like a horse race or something. I heard the uh, I heard the horn uh, in the background. I am I am, uh, I am reporting a story right now, and you may uh, may have heard something that would tell you exactly <laughs> where I am, uh, or at least the type of sporting event that I am at. And I'm not going to say that that is false. <laughs> you are a versatile <laughs> contributor, man. Thanks as always. Hey, anytime, Myron. All right, thanks, bro. Uh, Mike Rothstein, ESPN. Uh, covers covers the Detroit Lions, but has done a lot of work in the AAF. I, I'm very curious. Six five one six four six eight two five five six five one six four six eight two five five. If the NFL and the Minnesota Vikings had a minor league team, and you had an opportunity to get your buddies, get the family together for four to eight games in the off season uh, that featured players who could make next season's roster, would you go? Would you watch? Would you support that league, Manny? I think that is the question here. Is there buy-in? Would there be buy-in if the NFL had sponsored the AAF or if they create their own thing? If you know as a football fan, you're watching a guy who might be in your rotation next season. I think that's a fair question in terms of what makes people buy-in or what might make people tune out. Yeah, no, I agree. And I think the other thing, too, is I wonder if it's a minor league. I wonder if the locations of these teams would play a big role in how how successful they would be. That's as fair. Well. I mean, if you're if the Vikings have a minor league affiliated team. Are they playing in Iowa? Are they playing in Rochester? Yeah. Are they playing, That's... you know, in St. Cloud or Duluth or something? Is it are they, you know, or one of the Dakotas? Is it? Do they keep it a regional thing to where people in the region that love the Vikings and are connected with the Vikings, they can have easy access to go and support one of these teams that are, you know, that are affiliated with with the NFL club? I think that's a very fair question. I think that's also why the Vikings moved their training camp from Mankato to Minneapolis. Guess what? People will come to you. Mm -hmm. You make it simple, Manny. You leave the teams where your team is now. Now, what I would love to see... How about playing that team at TCF? You know, maybe you play some games there. Maybe you make it fun and you go play on some D2. You go play in Mankato. You go play somewhere in the area, but you you keep it at the headquarters because the idea is to make sure that people know that, hey, look, this is not only something that we support, these are guys that we've signed, and they're all vying to try to get a contract here with live action in the offseason. Uh, and, and I think that'll be fun to see again. 651-646-8255. We'll be back here on purpledaily.com, Purple Daily, Score North, after this. Because the Vikings are on your mind. All the time! Not just during the season. Purple Daily on Score North. Scorenorth.com. Now, I'm, I'm the son of a coach, and I know how coaches think, and coaches think need. The flip side is you can't reach. You got to use some common sense. If uh, we're in a situation where we have two similarly rated players and one's a, a higher position of need, great, let's go get them. But if there's a, a discount, a disparity between the two, let's not reach for need because the more you do that, the more you dilute your roster. And, and that's a conversation we've had a lot. Myron Metcalf back here on Purple Daily on Score North, scorenorth.com. With Manny Hill, that was uh, Oakland Raiders' new GM, Mike Mayock, who was a TV analyst, 
for a long time. The NFL Network um, and John Gruden, who is so innovative and and knows things that no one else in the league does, um, picked him up to be his GM. And we're all anxious to see how that works. Now, he did get Antonio Brown is now a member of that team. We'll see if that's a good thing or a bad thing. But I was fascinated by what you just heard And, and this whole concept of, you know, do you draft for need or best player available? What I can appreciate about what Mike Mayock said, am I saying that right? Mayock? Mayock, yep. Mayock, right? Mm-hmm. Um, is that he sort of said there's some gray area in that a little bit. Um, and, and he wants to go for need. And I think that's smart. But you don't want to reach. And I like that he said, if you've got players, if there's a disparity between you filling the need and the best available talent, where the best available talent is just so much more superior to the guy that would fulfill a need, you get the best player available. That is a very important philosophy concept for the Minnesota Vikings going into the NFL draft um, because there are clear needs. Yeah. And More than one. Oh uh, yeah, there's a couple. There's a couple. I mean, you need a you need a, a tailpipe. You need an oil change. You need to do spark plugs. Left probably, t- need some, probably need new brake pads, yeah. rotors. The, there's a nail in the back left tire. There's a lot of stuff going on. Uh, but the car's nice. Mm-hmm. It's a nice car. If you if you if you get that stuff done, it's a nice car. Nice car. Worth eighty four million dollars uh, on some markets. <laughs> so I, I feel like if you're the Vikings, you've got to make a decision. Do you just draft for need? Which I would imagine every Vikings fan says, draft for need. You need an offensive lineman. You had better not pass on an offensive lineman again. You'd better get a Jonah Williams or someone like that if they're available at 18. Mm -hmm. There's no reason to even overthink this, right, Manny? Like, Like need, you get that guy if you can fulfill that need. However, what do you do, Manny, if some interesting things happen in this draft? I love a prospect by the name of Ed Oliver. Mm-hmm. Played at Houston, um, was in the Heisman hunt the year before last. In 2017. Single-handedly, like LT kind of stuff, right? Homeboy was bad. Mm-hmm. Bad means good, uh, folks. He was very, very good. He was a bad man. That's bad and Stephen good at the same time, yes. Right now, yeah. now, last year wasn't as great. Had some injuries. Had a, had a weird situation with his coach over a jacket. Um, I don't know. Guys don't like to be told to take off a jacket. <laughs> I don't know what it is, man. It's just something about, and I'm older now too, you know, man. So like once I get into a good jacket, you better not tell me to take this thing right. off. That's a whole routine. You get the jacket on, you're warm, I'm you're chilling. comfortable. Yes. Yeah, you don't want to take that jacket Don't off. ask me to take my jacket off just because I'm here now. <laughs> Let me have my jacket. There was that issue they had. Pure talent. It depends on who you ask. But pure talent, Ed Oliver might be a top five guy in this draft. Mm -hmm. It's odd to me even, Manny, that there was a stretch where in the 2017 season, there was number one pick uh, talk about him. Mm -hmm. I mean, there were those kinds of projections that there might not be a quarterback coming out who matches his potential production. And then... Injuries, different things happen. Now he's down in the five, six area. Then he's falling down. Now it looks like in some mocks, nine, 10, 11. 
if something goofy happens where teams get scared, maybe there's something we don't know about, injuries, whatever it is. If he tumbles to 18, Manny, there's no conversation, right? Yes, I understand need. Jonah Williams, and I, I'm not trying to get people hyped up because... Oh, you're getting them hyped well, up. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> most likely, most likely, Ed Oliver ain't there. Right. But I'm a guy that likes to dream. Mm-hmm. I thought I'd marry Halle Berry one day. It didn't happen. It didn't stop me from thinking it could happen. I thought that was going to happen for me. Too. Right? We all yeah. did. Oh, yeah. yeah. Ed Oliver tumbling in the draft is more likely than that. So if it happens, Manny, you throw the whole plan out the window, right, if you're Mike Zimmer, and you go get him, right? Well, I mean, if you're Mike Zimmer especially, I mean, you, you, I would think Ed Oliver being a defensive tackle, three technique guy. Oh, my guy, goodness. Like, that's... I mean, that's like in Mike Zimmer's wheelhouse between like defensive linemen and defensive backs. Like he just he salivates over those guys that the, the elite level guys like he just he loves those guys. Right. He might like pass that. out in the green room. <laughs> they might have to revive him if Ed Oliver's there. It would be very interesting to see like if it, if they get to 18 and Ed Oliver's still on the board and Jonah Williams is still on the board. Oh my goodness. I have a hard time believing like if Ed Oliver's there, I would think because. If anything else, if if or if nothing else, I should say, it's because somebody took Jonah Williams before that. Yeah. But if they're both on the board Ooh. at eighteen, you got a problem. You do have a bit of a problem, and I know that the conventional fan is—they're all going to say, "Nope, no brainer, take take Jonah Williams," because you need you need offensive line. And I agree, I a hundred percent agree. But man. You in that scenario, top to me, five talent falls to you at eight. You have to take him. I mean, that's the you have to, and it's hard for a team where you look at what happened to them offensively. I mean, this is a team that goes from twenty seven sacks that they surrendered uh, in the twenty seventeen season to forty, mm-hmm. right? Um, and you look at the value of an offensive lineman. The Colts are the blueprint because the Indianapolis Colts in 2017, gave up 56 sacks. Led the NFL by giving up 56 sacks. Last year, league low, 18 sacks. Mm -hmm. Why? What happened? Quentin Nelson, who was a nasty, nasty offensive lineman, and they also picked up Braden Smith at 37 in last year's draft. A couple of linemen who brought a spark to that team that legitimately changes the franchise. When you go from 56 sacks that you're giving up giving up as an offensive line to 18, Manny, mm-hmm. that is so tremendous when you're talking about a guy in Andrew Luck who he had to stay upright because of the injury history, and that was everyone. that's what everyone was afraid of. If you give Kirk Cousins that additional protection, and now instead of 40 sacks, you're back down somewhere in the mid-20s. Mm-hmm. Um, you're back down above average, that is a huge change because we only look at sacks because, I mean, that's just the stat that people record, but it's more about pressure. I mean, if you're giving up fewer sacks, then you're facing less pressure as a quarterback, and that's always a good thing. Mm-hmm. So Jonah Williams, if he's that kind of guy, it's still hard to pass on him if he's there, even if you have a guaranteed talent like uh, – um, my man from Houston, Ed Oliver. Yeah, but Manny, I don't know, man. I that's a, that's a. I'm sure that's a scenario the Vikings have discussed. It's not likely. But what do you do 
You know, do do you get the guy who could be there for 15 years, 13 years, 12 years, and, and be the leader of your offense? The other part of it, too, is that if you are Rick Spielman and Mike Zimmer, you are thinking, I mean, general managers in every sport have to, to a degree, be, be forward-thinking. They have yeah. to be thinking beyond the season that is just in right in front of them. But if you're Rick Spielman and you're Mike Zimmer— your jobs are on the line going Bingo. into 2019. You need to you you can't go eight and eight or eight seven and one again because then you're probably going to be out of jobs. Both of them. Yeah. So they're thinking we need to we need to build this roster to be successful. We need help specifically in 2019, and then whatever happens beyond happens. But yeah, I mean that's 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 the tough. If if that position if that scenario presents itself. Ed Oliver and Jonah Williams there for them at 18. That's that's a tough decision, I think, for for Rick Spielman and, and Mike Zimmer. That's a great point, I man. I still think they, they would probably take Jonah Williams, though, just because of the the mindset and the approach that they're that they're in. It's a great point because, you know, it's hard to think long term with anything with this team. Mm-hmm. I mean, Kirk Cousins, that's two more years. We don't know what, what's going to happen with that situation. You do have to play for now. Yeah. Are the Vikings closer to fixing their defensive challenges or their offensive challenges right now? What are they closer to? Because that has to be a factor in all of this. Yeah. Are you closer to, and fix is the wrong word, because I think there's a better chance of you winning games if you solidify this defense, fill some of the holes uh, through the draft, some young talent, and get more proven talent on the offensive side of the ball, I think there's a better chance you win games that way mm-hmm. than trying to use some of those early picks on defense. Maybe not getting, because I feel like offensive linemen is one of those positions where your first round guaranteed kind of 12-year, 10-year guy, you go in the fifth round, you might get a guy like that, but it's a better chance you get a guy who can't move the same way, doesn't mm-hmm. have the same mobility, strength. And that's why he's getting picked and in the And that's why round. he's in the fifth. Whereas yeah. a cornerback in the fifth round, there's a Mike Zimmer who I think looks at that dude and goes, he's got some speed, he's strong, he's smart, uh, not the best athlete, but I think he can make a difference. So how do you draft, Manny? If you're the Vikings, do you go on this thinking, we're closer to our offensive issues, getting those fixed, so let's fix those? Or do you say, defense, let's get a guy defensively because that's our bread and butter, and we'll just figure out offense with some of the tweaks with Gary Kubiak coming in? If it were me, and I'm sitting there at 18, I'm going offensive lineman. Yeah. Because I you think You love that, offensive linemen, then. Well, I mean, it, the, but <laughs> and the, we the, need the, reason, the reason why, though, Myron, is that they've sort of painted themselves into a corner here. No, they put 100%. themselves into a corner by, you know, they brought back Barr, and they and they – Kept Everson Griffin around, Kyle Rudolph. I mean, he's got a $7 million cap hit, and yeah. it doesn't seem like That's they're going to release him or try and trade him or anything like that to give themselves a little bit more cap space. Yeah. I mean, they, they, they have put themselves in a position where offensive line is, even though they have other needs, offensive line is still the biggest need. Yeah. It's the biggest, you know, they've got to figure out who is going to play left guard? Are they going to take Jonah Williams and put him in at left tackle and move Riley Reef to left guard? Yeah. Or are they going to take a Garrett Bradbury and move him to left guard? Or 
take him and put him at center and move Pat Elfline to left guard and keep Riley Reef at left tackle. Like, they got to figure out who's going to be the left guard. Josh Klein's going to be on the right side. Brian O'Neill's going to be the right tackle. Elfline, in theory, is going to be the center. But who's going to be the left guard? Is it a situation where when, uh, during Michael Jordan's draft, there was a team that was going to draft ahead of them because they needed a center? And Bob Knight told him, draft Michael Jordan and play him at center. Hey, get Ed Oliver and let's see if he can block somebody too because maybe maybe, maybe Ed Oliver is uh, that good. We'll be back after this. It's Purple Daily on Score North. Areas there are obviously lessons to be learned, um, not only from negative consequences and experience, but also positive ones. And we better learn from all the things that go on uh, with us. And I know that we have a have a spirit that is geared toward that. Certainly, Myron Metcalf back here on Purple Daily Score North on fifteen hundred scorenorth.com. Um, that was uh, that was Mike Tomlin. Here, here's a good thing for the weekend, Manny. If you need to relax, the Masters are on. Mm-hmm. You can plop down on the couch, watch Tiger go for his fifth Masters uh, championship. Good boxing, UFC. If you're a UFC fan, boxing fan like I am, the NBA playoffs start this weekend. Um, Coachella, the big music uh, event, is going to stream on YouTube if you're into that. Stanley Cup playoffs. Stanley are Cup underway. playoffs are, are on Calgary. I watched that game last night against Colorado. They just Colorado needs to do something. They're going to get <laughs> destroyed again. Um, but Mike Tomlin needs to pick one of those because he needs a break. He needs to go to his his <laughs> den, his man cave, whatever he has, and just chill out because the hits keep coming. What an off season for them! The, the, there was a time when I thought the Pittsburgh Steelers were Teflon. Yeah. Like, that's how you grow up. They're this franchise where, next to the Patriots, but the Patriots didn't have the 70s. They didn't have the start that the Steelers had. So the Steelers had this brand where you just thought that was the ideal franchise. That was a team that not only won, they won the right way. They um, had three head coaches. Three head coaches. 40, almost 50 years. Loyalty was a real thing with that team, not just for coaches, with players as well. Mm-hmm. Um and if you're a, if you were a fan of football growing up, even if you hated the Steelers, you admired what they had been able to accomplish. And that's been the way even under Mike Tomlin, who won a Super Bowl, uh, has been regarded. I feel like he's been one of the better younger coaches, even though he's not young, but one of the better younger coaches for almost a decade. Mm-hmm. Former Vikings defensive coordinator. But what a mess. You've got the Antonio Brown trade. Antonio Brown now is going after Juju Smith-Schuster, they're having a Twitter battle because they're 14-year-old kids, apparently. Uh, Rashard Mendenhall tweets yesterday that Big Ben is racist, and then he takes it back, and he's like, no, no, there was a misunderstanding. What's the misunderstanding when you call somebody a racist? Like, get off Twitter and social media. What's That's wrong heavy, with you? Man. Ramon Foster, the offensive lineman for the Pittsburgh Steelers, he tweets out, hey, everybody, if you've got a problem with someone on our team, call me, and then we'll work it out. Like, what? This is the worst episode of Dr. Phil I've ever seen. This yeah. is chaos. And to me, if you're Mike Tomlin, if they don't win games, Mike Tomlin's going to get fired. Mm-hmm. I mean, forget the loyalty. I know all the stuff that the Rooney family stands for. If they don't win games and get into the playoffs again, he's fired. 
And I guarantee you the momentum for that, if they struggle early, will start with the nonsense he's dealing with in the offseason. And to me, the lesson for any team, including the Minnesota Vikings, is it, it was all good a week ago. But everything can change if you start struggling. It was all good. Just it was. A week ago. I'm telling you, man. Oh, Jay Z, two shorts. I'm telling you, I am curious. <laughs> I'm curious, and I'm not saying the Vikings are the Steelers, but the Vikings remind me of the Steelers of a couple years ago. You would have never thought this was a team that would have any drama to deal with when they make the run to the NFC title game. The way they finished, when people are saying, "What's Kirk Cousins' relationship?" Not only just to the entire team to his top receivers. Mm-hmm. That still hasn't been addressed properly in my mind. Uh, defensively, all the changes there. Mike Zimmer, you're bringing Kubiak. Okay, is Mike going put him, to put him, find himself in a position where he's on the really, really hot seat if they struggle? Things like this can fall apart. And I look back at some of the problems the Vikings had last year, and I go, if they carry that mess into this year, this is the kind of stuff that happens. What you're looking at with the Pittsburgh Steelers, Manny, and that's why it's so important to not only unify your locker room, whatever. That's an after-school special term. The Vikings better win. Or this is the kind of drama they're going to see. And what we've learned is that if this sort of thing, this, this sort of dysfunction can happen with the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh, man. And the Green Bay Packers, by the yes. way. That it can happen to anybody in yes. the NFL. And so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm with you. They, you got you to win. And winning winning will help. Winning will help almost anything. It if changes you're successful, it, it will change everything. I mean, the Steelers, a lot of the issues that the Steelers had came to light because they had an underwhelming season. They didn't play very well. They missed the playoffs. Yeah. And Antonio Brown wasn't happy. Le'Veon Bell was sitting out the entire year and, you know, had teammates upset with him about, about the whole thing. Yeah. And so everything gets highlighted when you don't have success. I mean, the Vikings. Vikings had an underwhelming season in 2018. All the problems come out. Week 17, you see Kirk Cousins and and Adam Thielen going at it on the sidelines because they're underperforming against the Bears in a must-win game to get into the postseason. That's that's when everything starts to come out is when you're not having as much success as you think you should. And you can't... And the thing I think you noticed, to your point, Manny, in today's new climate, it used to be... If you had something to say to somebody, you were the source who called a reporter who reported it on the front page of the paper, and then that became sort of a talker, radio, TV, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Now, these guys go from their emotions to their phones, (laughs) and they just put stuff out there. They don't call the PR team. They don't call their coaches. It's just out there, and that's how you get some of this stuff. And the Vikings don't strike me as a team that would get to that level. But we thought the same, thing, we about the the, thought the same thing about the Steelers. And, and there's one about, guy. To a degree, we thought about the Packers, too. And now we find out that Mike McCarthy and Aaron Rodgers just didn't like each other, and that was the bottom line. Mm-hmm. One guy on the Vikings roster who I think is on the verge of letting you know how he really feels is Adam Thielen. I think Adam Thielen is tired of being the home state dude that people kind of take for granted a little bit Mm -hmm. because he's the underdog. And I think there are people who still see him that way. He's a great story. Look at this narrative. I think Adam Thielen is like, uh, hold up, playboy. I'm one of the best dudes in this league. And I'm not getting paid like it, number one. 
I don't know if I trust this quarterback, number two. Number three, I came here to win. That's my number one. Not to be a member of the Minnesota Vikings because I grew up like that. Mm-hmm. I want to win. Yeah. And you all better realize that. He, to me, is one of the guys, and maybe even Stephon Diggs a little bit too, where if this thing gets messy, we're going to start seeing tweets and you know weird exchanges that could predict the end of this run for this staff. And when you look at the fact that they made the NFC Championship game, you know, I guess two seasons ago now, you know, they've all of these guys that are on this team, the 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 stars, the the prominent, the key players, they've gotten a taste of getting close to competing for a championship, yep. getting close to going to the Super Bowl. They've gotten a taste of that now. And then you come back the next season and you have a disappointing season for a variety of different reasons, offensive line, Kirk Cousins, you know, Zimmer and, and uh, you know, the defense struggling at times and, and all of that stuff. You're you're hungry and you're chomping at the bit now going into 2019. Yes. And so it's and the thing I'm watching for, too, and we're we're what, six months away from or I guess five months away from the regular season starting in 2019. But the thing that I'll be watching is, can this team get off to a good start? Yes. Because if they're, if you get to four games into the season and they're one and three. You have a problem. Mm, As might get a little salty. Uh, Jay-Z might get a little said, salty yeah. in that locker room, man. Jay-Z said, you know, first the fat boys break up. You know, like, I mm-hmm. mean, you know, if the Steelers can break up, anybody can. NSYNC broke up. Backstreet Boys. Bro, the Temptations broke up. The, the Beatles. The Beatles broke. The Wu Tang Clan broke up. They got back together. <laughs> Tribe Called Quest. Tribe Called Quest up. broke up. Everybody breaks up. Fix it, Vikings. We'll be back next week. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.